ones you wouldn't be interested in yeah. so that you're not like missing something but here's the secret guys except for like the Avengers ones you're you're really not you could and if you watch when you watch Captain when you watch Captain America Civil War and uh, and see Ant-Man he kind of you kind of see his the character a very minor version of the character that he is in his own movie you didn't really need to see it man you're like okay i get it he shrinks that's that's his deal and he grows but the ant-man movie well he didn't grow in the ant-man movie he does in the avengers movie or in the captain america movie Fuck, now you got me doing it um the one thing that I think you will agree with that is fu- that is fucking great about the Ant-Man movie is the scene where Ant-Man fights Falcon. Yes. Yes. Which leads to him calling him Tic Tac in Civil War. Avengers yes. Civil War. <laughs> and it's why he knows him whenever Cap starts, whenever they start, you know, making their little team for Civil War. Oh, yeah. No, it is good. It does, it does like I say, it does set a seed for. He's very tolerable, like I say, within that group dynamic. He's very good as sort of like the like. He's the counterbalance to Spider-Man on the other team. I can understand why he would be grating to some people. Yeah. Again, I, I, I gotta go to the whole like New Day, or more specifically to me, like I'm a big fan of The Miz, but I understand the people that aren't. Um... What is next? I don't have much to say about it. Like, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just sort of walking away from it. (laughs) Civil War. Captain America Civil War. Avengers Civil War. No, it's not. It's Captain America. (laughs) The movie is mostly, you follow it in Captain America's perspective. Most of the time. You do. You follow his team most of the time. It's all predicated on the events that led to Tony Stark's parents' death. Yes, but it's because of Bucky, who is Captain America's friend. Frenemy, at this point. So, uh, so I guess the first Batman with Jack Nicholson, the one where Joker actually killed Batman's parents, isn't a Batman movie, it's a Joker movie? That, that is apples and oranges, and you fucking know that. No, you want to make it about the one that did the kill. It's, Cap- it's a Captain America movie. It's about him. It's about... It's a Cap- it it, t- it kind of ends up being an Avengers movie, and you can't help but do that with Captain America, because 90% of Captain America's social circle are Avengers. So it's hard to have people in Captain America that aren't in Avengers movies. I'm going to go with another personal note here. With the year this came out, I smiled at the beginning of the year because I knew at some point I was going to see Batman kicking the shit out of Superman and I was going to see Iron Man kicking the shit out of Captain America. Except that he doesn't. (laughs) He does sometimes. He beats up on him, but he doesn't kick the shit out of him. It's very far from that. Well, yeah, even the the final fight scene is a two-on-one fight, but that's okay. Um, no, it's mostly a one-on-one until the very end. Bucky's trying to get away. It's mostly Cap fighting. I, I will say, okay, as much as I'm kind of a dick about the title thing, because I think they titled this movie wrong, my opinion, um, 
The movie's great. The movie, and I, again, I'm going to totally steal this fact from... Um, who the fuck am I stealing Cinema from? Sins? No, not Cinema Sins. From... Uh, what a culture? There we go. Uh, they brought up a perfect point when they were running down their list of, of movies. The, mo the thing that's great about this movie is the actual villain in this movie literally doesn't matter. That's true, and, and the reason why you care about this movie is because you're invested at this point. You've gone through how many movies at this point to yeah. bond with these characters? To watch them fight each other, right? But they live yes. to create the Zemo character, and I know Zemo is apparently something else in the comics, whatever, but the Zemo character in this movie, his entire backstory is, and, and this is what I'm totally ripping from what culture, his entire backstory is literally shit we already know. We know that people are, are, are chomping down on the Avengers and the damage that they caused. We know what happened in Wakanda. All he has to do is show up and say, that's me. I was there. I was one of the ones that got flattened. And they literally don't have to spend any more time building his character. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, and like, even, even... To but it even, it even doesn't really matter. He could be replaced with any other, like... He could be anybody. And he yes. never really, he never really gets defeated. His defeat at the end comes from the fact that Black Panther won't let him shoot himself. And he's like, eh, no, you're going to jail instead. Like, his ending is so anticlimactic, it's not even part of the movie, really. Well, and it, he did, he won. He's basically a villain that got what he wanted. It's he true. wanted the breakdown of the Avengers. He wanted well, yeah, them to fight each other. He kind of wanted them to destroy each other. Right. But, and they sort of did, in a way. It's kind of cool, like, now that I've just said that, and now that you've just said that, it's kind of funny that a character that literally required no build becomes intriguing, because, I'm sorry, any villain that is willing to die for the cause that he's trying to do gets a little bit of intrigue just in that sense. He wanted to just like watch them set the seed, watch them destroy each other, and then he could end his life because everything else, like his family, his dad, his wife, his kids were gone already. Well like I said, like you didn't even have to just just say you were in Wakanda. Just just say you say you were there. Uh, on the other side of the coin, like without him, you've got the whole political thing of the Sokovia Accords, which becomes a huge the, thing. The apple on the superhero shine in within the Marvel Universe itself has come off because the, the shine has come off the apple at that point. People are now questioning, is it alright for these heroes to just basically do whatever it is they want? Who are they to decide what is right and wrong? But it's it's so funny because it it builds itself up to being such a very complex thing, and this is where I, I, I said before I was going to talk about a lot of movie quotes, right? And there is the one quote in the movie where where Cap is like, you know, sorry Tony, I have to defend him, he's my friend, and Stark's like, well, so was I. That was for a long time the best quote out of that movie until I rethought about it a little bit, is because the movie gets so complicated. Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, they hate each other. Then, you know, we find out what Bucky did, and then they fight over the Accords, they fight over all this political shit, they fight over the fact that Iron Man thinks that uh, by standing up, Cap's going to split up the Avengers, and he's just trying to hold all the strings together. And there's so many layers to it 
but in the last scene, and, and again, this is something that was pointed out by somebody else, there's all this, you know, we can't do this, you know, he's, he's tearing our team apart, you're giving him exactly what he wants, we have to hold this team together, and there's all this political bullshit, we can make this work, da 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 Tony just looks at him, he's like, doesn't matter, your friend killed my mom. Yep. Like, that, that is the end story, and they, like, to go, like I say, from a simple villain to very, very, very complex ideas to just, fuck you, you killed my mom. Is such it's such and not a, and not my dad because fuck that guy. <laughs> well, that's not who they focus on, right? They focus I know. on him literally like reaching in and choking the life out of Iron Man's mom. But it's just and it's and it's so in in amongst all this complex shit, like who's on whose side and who did we bring in? We brought in Spider Man, we brought in Ant Man. Everybody's you know torn. Hawkeye and 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 Scarlet Witch have have a have a going out. Um, Vision and Scarlet Witch have a have a going at it. Uh, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow go at it. You get the sort of like the third party with Black Pan with the introduction of Black Panther, which is no small thing either. You get the death of his father, who's the king, which adds even more political. And it all comes down to, no, go fuck yourself. He killed my mom. Like it's so like to bring everything down to such a small, simple point after all that stuff is built up behind it. I think is fucking brilliant. I, you just said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, we do want to say, once again, um, as far as introducing people in larger movies before they're doing smaller movies, obviously Black Panther, which led to a fucking fantastic movie, we're going to talk about in a second. Yes. But the bigger talking point at that point was Spider-Man, in a sort of, like, dueling movie studios political kind of way, because they basically had to borrow Spider-Man from Sony. And then they did a much better job, I believe. I know a lot of people think that the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Spider movies, not counting the third one, are like, this is what Spider-Man is. I, I don't agree. I mean, they're all right. Yeah. I like them. I think, I think all the, like, there's a set of two and a set of three. Like, there's the Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, and then there's Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. And I think they're all cheesy as fuck. Yeah, I, I, and I know some of them have Emma Stone in them, and, and and I got all the time in the world for Emma Stone, but I mean they got a young enough kid. They didn't, they avoided Batman syndrome where they didn't focus on a thing that we all already know. We already know what happened to Spider Man's dad, or sorry, um, un uncle, uncle, uncle rather. You know he mentions it in conversation. It's totally swept over by the fact that fucking Iron Man is hitting on. Spider-Man's aunt, which is awkward as fuck. Um, I don't think it's a Peter Parker origin story, whereas it legitimately is a Spider-Man origin story. Like, most yes. Spider-Man movies want to introduce you to Peter Parker first, where it's like, no, you're already here, you're already doing your thing, let me help you become this thing that you want to be. And he calls him Underoos, which is great. And to watch Spider-Man, because he's a kid, and because they need to remind you that he's a kid, because that's what sort of makes it awesome... Um, the fact that he's, like, fanboying out for the people that he's on a team with and the people that he's fighting yep. is fucking great. The, the the fight scene in Civil War is is amazing. It's the best it's the best part of the whole movie, I believe. Yeah. They uh, they refer to it as um, you know, if I if I can use a porno magazine reference, they refer to that fight scene at the airport as the centerfold of Marvel at that point. And Pretty much. And it is. 
because you watch everybody come together and it's just like and every like I say it comes back down to that one simple fight between you know Stark and Bucky and Cap and like fuck all this other bullshit he killed my mom like and that's still fully a thing but if you want to go back into the more complex end of it he does go and you know and you go down each line on both teams when they're sort of walking at each other and just you by the time they all get face to face to face to face to face to however many people you want to say Ev- you know every single person's motivation, and nobody has to say anything anymore. And every single per, other than maybe Tony and, and Cap, because they are about ready to butt heads, no other person in that fight wants to be in that fight. Exactly. And like on some level, like Stark and, and Rogers don't want to be in that fight either, but they both believe they're so right. And if I put aside my own opinion of Cap for a second. You could side evenly with both guys. I I agree with that because you know Tony, they're both essentially of the mindset that they they're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And you can see valid points on both sides. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I'm going to have the same problem when we get to Infinity War, but it's like, we could do a whole, and we did do a whole video on this movie alone. Yes. And everything that goes into it. I think it's very cool that they brought in who they brought in. Uh, Black Panther sort of, sort of has a hand on both sides of the fight, because he thought Bucky was the one that killed his dad, so he wanted to be on, on Iron Man's side just to get on his hands on Cap. Ultimately ends up helping Cap at the end with Bucky and his you know, regeneration and all that sort of thing. But I think, comedy-wise, and and to balance the teams, if you were going to have Spider-Man on one side, you needed to have Ant-Man on the other side. You, yes, you, you uh, and I don't feel like it was overwhelming. Like, I was always worried the more and more people that they add to the cinematic universe and then collide in these bigger, like, Avengers-like movies, that you're going to get so bogged down with characters that nobody's really going to have any time in the movie. And I don't feel like that happened. That doesn't happen. I, it ha- I don't even think it's happened now. To be perfectly exactly. Anyways, I don't think there's much more we can say about Civil War other than, to that point, it was probably the most brilliant thing they'd done. I agree. And, you know, this Civil War is a great example of all of this payoff. Just like in Avengers, all this all this movie has has some pay all, ha, watching all these movies has this big payoff. Yeah. And the thing is like there's a three I think there's a three movie arc. Like we talk about Hulk, he doesn't have his own movies, so he has sort of an arc over a couple of other people's movies. There's an arc between Avengers, between Age of Ultron and this movie. This is why yes, this is really the third absolutely. Avengers. This is why this is the third Avengers movie. It's not the third Avengers <laughs> it movie. It's Cap. It's a Captain America movie. Okay, if it didn't have a title, would you at least make the case that this could be an Avengers movie? Yes, it can be an there Avengers movie. But like I said, it's a Captain America movie. But I mean, like, if you go down the movies so far, okay, Iron Man's an Iron Man movie, Hulk is a Hulk movie, Iron Man 2 is an Iron Man movie, Thor's a Thor movie, um, for, uh, Captain America is obviously a thing, um, a Captain America movie. Avengers, you could make the case, you could make the case, 
that the first Avengers is a Thor movie. Because the entire story base rolls out from the Thor movie. Iron Man 3 is an Iron Man movie. Thor The Dark World kind of a Thor movie. Captain America 2 is really a Bucky movie. Guardians is a Guardians movie. Avengers Age of Ultron is kind of an Iron Man movie. Because again, it's that whole like, Tony like making his own mistakes and everybody sort of paying for them. Uh, you know, Civil War's an Avengers movie. It is what it is. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on, shall Doctor we? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, I like this movie, but it's lower down on my list. It's fun, but... And it's fun because of Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, my God. Best casting decision that they made since Iron Man? Yes. It's it's good, be, but it's it's so different from the other Iron Man from other Iron Man from the other Marvel movies that you know it's kind of out there. But yeah, I think this was the I, one where they sort of because they knew they wanted to do more like universe based stuff. I think they really really pushed how out there it was to see how much the audience would accept. Well, and, and at this point, that. well at this point in within the Marvel universe. You can do a Captain Strange because you have that kind of you have Strange? that kind of rapport with the audience that they will go out on a limb for something a little weirder, something a little more out there because they have all of this. You know, Marvel hasn't steered me wrong yet, is what I usually say. Yeah, and by this point, you realize that whether you like the character or not, they're going to be a like not that. Doctor Strange is anything like Ant-Man, but it's like, even if you don't like Doctor Strange, um, he's gonna be around, so you might as well at least get used to him. Benedict Cumberbatch, like, the character, and I'm sure it's, uh, true to the, to the comic book character, which I don't really know, but it's like, his, his kind of sarcasm is kind of, like, there is a Benedict Cumberbatch brand of sarcasm. Like, if you watch yes. this, and then you watch something like The Imitation Game, and then you go and watch the Netflix uh, Sherlock show. Like, the sarcasm is very similar, and he's very clever. He comes off like a dick, but he he's very clever. The um, When he's in his downward spiral, after he injures himself, after he fucks up his hands and all that, and he's in his downward spiral, and, uh, what is it, Rachel Adams comes to him and mm -hmm. says, you know, there's more to life than being a doctor, and he just looks at her like, so deadpan, and it's like, like what, you? And just like, with words, he just cut her head off. And I, I, this one's not my favorite, but I don't dislike it. I, it just, I like it, because I like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I mean, like, g give them the credit where it's due, uh, visually, probably the most stunning movie they've done up to that point. Absolutely. Oh my god, the visuals in this are amazing. The, um, the, the first sort of villain, the one that sort of comes and steals all the books and enchantments and whatnot so that he can summon Dormammu, uh, again, a little on the one-dimensional side. I just, uh, I, I just always think of the, uh, there's an animated thing where it's called, uh, How, How Blank Should Have Ended. Yes. And, uh, I just, I always see it, and, uh, and in that, they're like, this is how part of this should have been. 
and it's the bad guys, and they're like, okay, we're going to storm in and do this, and then one of the bad guys is like, hey, you know, we could just do that thing that we use to, like, transport ourselves, make the ring, and I could just reach in and grab a book. <laughs> I do like when he keeps referring to Wong as Beyonce. Yes. It's pretty good. And then when he's like, you know, I'm the guardian of all these books, if any of them go missing, it's all on me. So he just starts using the sling ring to grab books. Um, what else is there? Um, the cameo by Benjamin Bratt makes me laugh, only because, like, my introduction to Benjamin Bratt was, like, 10, 15 years ago, watching Law and Order. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little bizarre on that one, and then to watch the post credit scene of him being re-crippled is, is a bit rough. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, uh, and it's not the most in-depth analysis on my part, I do love the fact that at the end of this movie, Doctor Strange basically wins by being an annoying asshole. That is true. <laughs> like, I'm not going away. I'm not going away. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. They play fast and loose with the definition of bending time in the movie. Like, if, yes. you, if you think about it too much, then it's probably pretty fucked up. And, I mean, they take that to the nth degree in Infinity War, but they do play, like, eating the apple and then, like, taking time back, and, like, the apple reconstitutes itself, which makes me think, okay, so do you have pieces of apple in your digestive system that are now disappearing? You always enter into a weird thing when it comes to, essentially, time travel. Time travel, yeah. Like, you can never fully complete the logic loop of time travel. There's always somebody that will come out with something, and it'll be legitimate. So, if I was ever writing any type of story, I would stay away from time travel at all costs, only because it's so hard to do perfectly. And people will criticize it a lot more now. Like, if you go back to like something like Back to the Future, now, people would pick the shit out of that. Yep. It wouldn't survive, which is kind of sad, because it has its place in movie history. But to try and, especially with something with a massive following like the Marvel Universe does, um, I wouldn't want to even try to write a time travel story, because they would slaughter it, no matter how good it was. Um, don't really have much else to say. As I say, I, I love him, like, confronting this big universal galactic being, and it's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna be here. And I'm just gonna annoy the shit out of you until... And I can do this too. But, like, seriously, at the same time, though, that means he had to die, like, a hundred times. Yep, pretty much. I'm, I don't know. I don't have... Like I said, the time thing, you can play with that forever. I mean, on the surface, okay, this is what he's doing, he's pissing off the bad guy, so the bad guy loses. But the more you think about it, the more you're like, wait a minute, what about this? What about this? What about that? What about this? Um, you said it's not your favorite movie. I'm going to say uh, still pretty damn entertaining, but not nearly what I thought it was going to be. Guardians 2. Oh my god, Guardians 2 is amazing! His dad's, I love, his dad's I a love, planet. His dad is a planet. That is true to comics. Pac-Man. I still love it. It doesn't matter what you say. Pac-Man, though. <laughs> I, I want him to bring in some raptors. It'll be good. Um, 
I don't know. Like, there isn't really much to say. Like, you, you find out how his mom died, which is kind of fucking terrible. He loses Yondu. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a perfect example of, if you like the first one, you'll probably like the second one, but it doesn't add a whole lot more. Yeah, it's weird because they try to add a galactic spin to a family story to a galactic movie. Yeah, pretty so, much. So your dad's a planet, and, that, and that's a thing. They bring in the, what, do you, what are they, what are the, the big obnoxious gold fuckers at the beginning? That they um, I forget what they're called, but I know what they, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Basically the people that at the end are creating uh, Adam Warlock. Yes. And basically, like, the conflict at the beginning has nothing to do with the whole movie, and entirely has everything to do with how the movie ends. Which is kind of yeah. random. The the way we lost Yondu was kind of unfortunate. Again, I gotta go to, like, external, um, external references for this, but I mean, obviously, for anybody that watches Walking Dead, Yondu is Merle. Yes. So, so it was cool to see him in, in something else. Um, obviously we're both wrestling fans, Batista as Drax. I like Batista more as Drax than I do as Batista. Which Agreed. Is which is Agreed. People were speculating a while ago what would happen if he came back for, like, one more match and just, like, came out as Drax. <laughs> which is kind of terrible, but at the same time, I kind of want to see it. Um... What else? I don't know what else. Like we we get introduced to Mantis, which is which is decent. We get a lot more character development between Peter Quill and Gamora. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, we see the death of Yondu. We get to meet the Ravengers. Um, we get like the whole like dude broing around with like Yondu and Rocket, which is awkward. Um, group trying to bring them different Dude, the scene where they're escaping the Ravager ship and killing everybody with the, uh, with what song is it? Come a little bit closer in the background? Yeah. Can you not say that's awesome? I'm not saying that the movie is bad. It's one of those, like, I don't know what I thought it was gonna be, but it wasn't this. I can Uh, see that. Sticking in the Hasselhoff cameo I mean, I get it, but eh. I do get it, but eh. It's like Brad Pitt showing up for two seconds in Deadpool 2. Um, I don't really know what to say. It's just, it's... I don't want to say it's just there, because what they did, they did well. But if you ask me concretely what did they do, I don't really know. They did more of Guardians of the Galaxy. They did, they did and we more, like Guardians of the Galaxy. They did some Guardiansing. I mean, realistically, we got some context to his mom dying in the first one, which is the big thing. And we find out that, basically, he's got one... Quill has one of the most tragic stories in Marvel. If you consider that he watched his mom die, he then watched his father figure die after killing his actual father. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's like Batman Plus. That is Batman Plus. Um, So one of the most comedic characters in the Marvel Universe is also the most tragic. All the laughs are to cover the tears. Alright, that's enough of that. Uh, uh, Spider-Man. 
I liked Spider-Man. Some people didn't, but I I love Spider-Man. Can I say I like Spider-Man because of Vulture? You can say that. Michael Keaton's Vulture was awesome. Michael Keaton's Vulture was an entire movie of him playing the same guy that he was in the first Batman movie when he's at his girlfriend's place and Joker comes in and he's trying to scare the Joker so he just starts smashing shit and just keeps yelling, let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah, Where he kind of looks like a bad guy for a second. The, um... I don't know, when they're on the car ride on the way to the prom, because obviously, of course, Spider-Man's girlfriend's dad is the villain. Because, of course. Like, after, like, she hops in out of the car and goes into the school, and they have that sort of, okay, you just realized who I am, I just realized who you were, here's a gun, I could fuck you up. Like, it is the, I, I, I heard it explained as the, the penultimate uh, meeting your scary girlfriend's dad. Yep. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Tom Holland is a great Spider-Man. Uh, it's great in in the way that they're in the way that the MCU is using Spider-Man as sort of like the protege of Iron Man. It's great. People. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is really good in this movie too. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be overpowering in this movie. I think he was no, very he just, well. He sort of comes in and touches on the movie and and fucks off, which is exactly yep. what they needed him to do. Yes. I like the fact that the real tie-in character for the MCU for this movie was Happy. Yes. Fucking, and Ned, when the teacher finds him talking to Happy on the computer, he's like, what are you doing, Ned? Watching... Porn? <laughs> why? Why would you go there? Why wouldn't you say, I'm doing my homework? Because why are you doing your homework in a dark library during the prom? You don't have to, that's, this is how I do homework. <laughs> With my pants off. Anyway. Did he have his pants off? Well, no, but if he was actually one. Oh, okay, one, yeah. There we go. Uh, not so sexy librarian. Anyways, moving on. Um, they've revealed the, uh, the, the, uh, the name for the next Spider-Man movie. It's very original. Have you heard? No, I have not. Tell me. Because this was Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, for everybody that is going to ask why I don't know any of this stuff, like when it comes to outside of the movie and everything, I avoid Marvel stuff like the plague because I feel like after maybe the first trailer of a movie, that when they start doing like the second and third trailers and behind the scenes stuff and interviews and shit, I feel like they give away too much of the movie sometimes. Oh, this so I, like, trailer. avoid that, that shit that... until after the movie comes out. Oh, no, this was just a thing that Tom Holland dropped on, like, Instagram that was... Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I avoid all Marvel shit. Yeah. No, it's cool, because Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo are the ones with, like, inf like their gimmick is spoilers, but not spoilers that spoil the movie, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Like, when they got together, I don't know if you've seen it or not... They're, after they did Infinity War, they got a big, they call it the Marvel class photo. They got every actor that has ever been in any of the Marvel movies so far in one big airplane hangar, and they took one massive group shot. Mm hmm And right dead center is Robert Downey Jr., Kevin Feige, the Russos, Stan Lee, and, uh, fucking Happy, John Favreau. Yeah. So, like, sort of like the godfathers of the MCU. 
but it's mm-hmm. it's fucking massive. Like the photo, if you find, just look up like Marvel glass photo, it's fucking massive. Um. Anyways, I had a point. Where was I going with that? I am not sure. Uh, Spider Man. Spider Man, yeah. No, okay, sorry. Um, Spider Man and and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, they're basically becoming like their gimmick is like the non spoiler, like spoilers that won't ruin anything. Yeah. Like they'll show like a sleeve of somebody's new outfit. Um, Tom Holland basically showing up and like he's got the script in his hand. He's like, I just got the script for the new movie, and it's amazing, but I can't see anything. But he's waving the script around, so you just see the name of the movie on the script, and people were wondering what the movie was going to be called, because the first one was Spider-Man Homecoming. Second one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, they're really going to really do the whole home thing. Because if he's supposed to be like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, then you're never far from home. Um, home. on another thing, uh, another, sorry... Speaking of Spider-Man being being at home and not, uh, I do love the idea that in this movie they kind of show that Sp- a lot of Spider-Man's like abilities are kind of contingent on having tall buildings. Oh fuck! When he's in the suburbs and he goes to swing and there's nothing to swing. Yeah, there's nothing to swing on. <laughs> it's like a really really bad ED joke, except it's not. <laughs> It's it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's like it's like Ant Man in the fact that like don't expect too much. It's kind of lighthearted. It's kind of like a more family thing. But mm-hmm. for me personally, especially because there's been so many <coughs> shitty Spider Mans, I guess I'm, I'm doing a lot of by comparison. There's a lot more to sink your teeth into with Spider Man than there is with Ant Man. I just, I just, the way I, like, there's no tie-in, like, the tie-in character for Ant-Man is fucking Falcon. The tie-in character for Spider-Man is fucking Iron Man. I mean, that's just true. That is, these are just stacking facts at this point. Stacking facts. Um, it's good. I like it. The, the whole ending fight scene on the plane that's supposed to be invisible, and basically what some people are referring to as the MacGuffin plane, because the MacGuffin plane. Happy's basically loading up like all the superheroes like gimmicks. It's like here's Thor's hammer and and that belt that so and so made and you know the new cloaking device for the new shields for such and such and he's basically he is the guy with the truck on moving day. Yep. And he's so angry at his babysitting job. <laughs> like fuck off, Tony. I don't want to babysit this kid. And then, like, Tony's fully ready to, like, make him an Avenger, and he passes. And then Pepper comes out, and it's like, where's the kid? I thought we were gonna make him an Avenger. Nope. And it's, which is, which is an awesome pop-up, too, because we haven't seen Pepper since Iron Man 3, and that is several movies ago, once you get Spider-Man. So that's, not not only is she there, but she's making her pop-up not even in an Iron Man movie. Nice touch. Uh, like I said, this is the first outing of the joint Sony-Marvel, um, like, cooperative deal. Like, they get to, like, MCU gets to use Spider-Man if MCU also helps Sony with their Spider-Man movies. Which is kind of cool, because from what I know of making the individual Spider-Man movies, Sony puts up all the money and all the funding. 
they get all the profits from it. Marvel basically gets to write a movie for free to make sure that it fits in with the MCU. Everybody wins. Yes, everybody's happy. And supposedly the more and more and more traction and success that their sharing deal with Sony got, the more Fox dug in their heels and said no because they could, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. When you've got Hugh Jackman going out on every interview platform imaginable saying, I'm done playing Wolverine unless Fox gets their head out of their ass and does what the Marvel fans want, then I'll come back. I mean, he's in a position where he can say that, obviously, without there being any backlash. Exactly, because he's Hugh fucking Jackman. I'm well, not only is he Hugh Jackman, but Wolverine... I was uh, about to say, and who else are they going to get to play Wolverine at this point? Well, not, not even that, but, like, the way Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine, whether it's intentional or not, he's become the Iron Man of, like, not Marvel Marvel. Yeah. Like, even if he's not the main character, he's the main character. <laughs> the, um... Logan was good, though, so it would be kind of weird to see, like, them finish up his, his run as that character and then... And then back. bring him back. Logan's really fucking good, though. It is. It's so it's good. It's so bizarre and so It's, so, it's so good in, like, a depressing way, though. Oh, yeah. You're like, it is just so good, but I'm sad. It's almost not a mutant movie. Like, it's a movie about disappointment. It's a movie about sadness. And uh, anyways. And, and so, Spider-Man. Ten-year-olds that decapitate people. I don't know, Spider-Man is just, like... It's picking up the pieces from his introduction in Civil War, which they needed to do. Because he, he got in, did his shit, and got in. I love that it starts with him just taking selfie videos of getting ready to be in the fight with Cap. Yes. To be it's, in it's, Civil War. It's, it's everything that a kid would do. Everything that a teenager right now would do, yes. Yeah. Uh, next movie. What is the next? Ah, they finally fixed Thor. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Oh, this one was good. They made it not so... Stiff. Stiff, yes. Like, it's almost like we rebooted Thor. From the it's pro- like, you know what everybody likes. Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what we should do? Make Guardians Thor the- more <laughs> like Guardians of the Galaxy. We, we should make Thor Lord. <laughs> exactly. Just even in the opening scene, like, the way they cut the previews, you would almost think that Surtur was, like, the main villain. And he's, yeah. like, he's dispatched in, like, the first two minutes of the movie. He's got his big, like, you know, dialoguing, or sorry, monologuing is a villain's greatest weakness thing going on right at the beginning. And then he starts swinging around, he's like, alright, I'm, I'm coming back around. Hold on, I was really believing what you were saying there. Fucking, I'm so, when he's I mean, the that's basically what it is. It's guard. It's they made a Thor movie more like Guardians of the Galaxy, but fuck, it worked. Yeah. And this is where we say too, um, we can't have Hulk movies, but apparently Hulk's big overarching story starts here and ends in the Avengers that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, this is almost a. This is almost a like. I'm trying to say, this was as close to Planet Hulk as what everybody's going to get. Right. It was a Thor and Hulk, like, buddy cop movie almost. Yes. It was really good. And the one thing 
and we're gonna we're, we are gonna get to Infinity War eventually. There's only two more movies to go. The one person, the one character, the one Avenger, Revenger. <laughs> um, everybody talks about the fact that Hawkeye is not in Infinity War. Everybody talks about the fact that Ant Man's not in Infinity War. The the Wasp isn't in Infinity War, etc., etc., etc. The one thing that really bummed me up after seeing how they sort of rebooted the Thor franchise, I was really surprised that they did not have Valkyrie in Infinity War. Well, there was a lot of speculation that she might have died in Infinity Wars. Uh, the uh, the director has confirmed she did not. Yeah, because there's two times. Because, one, like, okay, we're going to talk about Infinity War later. But the opening scene where, like, half of Thor's ship dies... Like, she could have been one of them, or she could have been caught in the snapshot. Like, there's two different times she could have died, and it wouldn't even have been on screen. But Anyways, I, Thor I Ragnarok. Thought, I just thought, no, Valkyrie's character stole it. And we're talking about a movie that has some decent Thor, uh, some decent Hulk shit, revamped the Thor character completely, um, has fucking Jeff Goldblum in it, which was fucking killer. Uh, Loki was fantastic, but I'm sorry, Valkyrie stole the show. Yes, because she's the only like, I mean the 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 game game master or whatever the fuck his name is like is is a new villain. But as far as like the good guys, she's the only like brand new like Avengers level character, and I love it because she's again like a, like a Tony Stark back at the beginning where it's like I'm kind of an asshole, and but she's also kind of like a black sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> the, that, that's, I was going to bring that back around too But you, you, you nailed that She's also severely alcoholic <laughs> It's like we're going to go But she's still fucking awesome We're going to pass through the devil's anus And we're all going to die So drinks <laughs> Yep uh, Like I would chill with her Like Even when she's like shocking Thor A lot with the little fucking neck thing It's like yeah, it, yeah You're totally a bitch I would still probably chill with you <laughs> um and uh, let's not forget the uh, actual main villain uh, who plays yeah Kate Blanchett who I thought did really good as Hella. If we can get her to stop running her hand over her head and turning her hair into horns into hair into horns into hair. I I love that part. I thought it visually it was really cool. Visually it was stunning, but it was just like every other scene. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back to Luke Cage for a second. You know the Shades character. Yes. Half of his on-screen time is either putting on or taking off sunglasses. Her horns, or whatever the hell she was, is like the CGI, like, I'm a Asgardian demon equivalent of Shades' Shades. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not wrong. I like the fact that they're going up through the Bifrost, and she, like, just kicks... Thor and Loki, like, out of the Bifrost. She does. And dumps them on the trash planet. Uh, also, it's a, I, I really like how they handled the, uh, the death of Odin. I mean, obviously, they had to do the death of Odin so that Hela could be freed, but they, I think they did his death really well. Anthony Hopkins did a really, really good job as, as Odin, sort of passing on the quote-unquote Odin force to Thor. Uh, Thor losing his eye, which they completely recut all the previews for so that it wouldn't spoil that, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just everything. Uh, even Korg and Meek 
Corgan Meek are fun? I love Corgan Meek. I think they're fun. It was brought, uh, it, it was brought up uh, when he explains how he got sent to the prison. Uh, his planet sent him to that prison because he tried to start a uh, revolution, but he didn't print enough pamphlets. So And it didn't pan out. So he was defeated by paper. He's a rock, yep. and he's defeated by paper. Oh my god, I just got that. God damn it. <laughs> I read too many memes in a day. Sometimes work is boring. It's funny, because they do do a rock, paper, scissors thing, because Meek's got the, the blade hands, and he's like, I'm a rock, you don't have to fear me, unless you're made of scissors. That's a little rock, paper, scissors <laughs> joke. But then they don't do, like, when he does the pamphlet thing, he doesn't, doesn't close the loop on, on the paper thing. I, he didn't, nope. Somebody told me that later on, and I'm like, oh, that's way too good. Why didn't they do that? Um... I don't know. I know they're all good guys, but I I kind of would have loved to see like the Hulk or uh, yeah the Hulk take on Korg because it's like super big strong guy versus guy made of rocks. I think just visually that would have been great. It's like I kind of. Oh, we also got to see uh, more of Heimdall, yeah, who's Heim my dad's favorite character. Yeah, Heimdall, uh, who's a lot better than that actor's character in The Dark Tower, which is a, yes. which is a pile of hot garbage. <laughs> Such a pile of hot garbage that I got it for my brother for Christmas. Because <laughs> I'm a good person. Um, you, you are. Uh, no, but it's kind of cool, because you're always used to seeing him in, like, armed for battle and, and in, his, in his proper royal position, so to see him out and about sort of as the rebel was kind of cool. Uh, the reveal of, of Loki being disguised as as Odin when he's like yes he throws the hammer <laughs> that and like, huge the only <coughs> important thing that came out of the one of the two important things that came out of the other Thor movie that nobody liked uh one faking faking Odin fake uh trading places with Odin and the Infinity Stone and the payoff for it is Thor almost immediately figures it out within the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. And just, like, later on, he's, like, not even mad. He's just kind of scolding me. I can't believe you're alive! <laughs> but it's just, like, when he's like, oh, you're not going to tell me who you... You're not going to tell me who you really are? Throws the hammer. He's like, you know nothing's going to stop that coming from coming back to my hand. Not even your face. Uh, it's just fucking good. Though, the, I will say, uh, we talk about sort of, like, iconic moments and and whatnot um when hella first arrives and smashes thor's hammer which is yeah that's a badass part yeah which like because the hammer like well, the hammer in general is pretty badass it's part of his character but like they spent so much time in the avengers movies saying oh somebody's gonna move it somebody's gonna move it. i'll put it in an elevator and the elevator's gonna lift it and like, there's been, like, conversation. It's been a bone of contention among all the other Avengers. Like, it is a character, pretty much. And then they destroy it. <laughs> and then, uh, the whole, the whole thing with Korg was like, Oh, you, you, you lost your hammer! Your hammer pulled you off! And then, you get what people think is a blade, uh, Easter egg, when he's offering them all the different weapons, and he's got, like, you want a, a wooden, a wooden, uh, what does he say? A wooden pitchfork. It's got three points on it. It's not really much good unless you're facing three vampires that are in a line. 
That's what, uh, people, that's what uh, people think is a tee-up to uh, Blade. Really? That? Yeah. Because not only does somebody not even from Earth know what vampires are, Thor isn't even surprised by the reference of vampires, so they're just they, they're obviously a common thing that exists. That's they're the obviously a thing. That's the stretch that people are making at this point. Uh, yeah, that I even for MCU, I feel like that's a stretch. I want to see a, like a totally separate section of the MCU that's just like Blade and Ghost Rider. I don't know how you would bring the two of them into each other's path, but... But it's all kind of mythos stuff. Yeah. They could maybe stretch it and make it happen. Uh, what is what is after uh, Ragnarok? I was just going to talk about the end real quick. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. The, uh, we talked about how Surtur is basically dispatched in like the first two minutes of the movie. It's kind of funny that it's like, oh, I, should, I shouldn't have defeated him because I need him to destroy my homeland so that we can win. <laughs> it's, it's, a very, it's a very unique moral ending to the story. Because mm -hmm. Surtur basically sticks his sword through the heart of, of Asgard, and somewhere down where that sword goes, you assume Hela is there just pulling random spikes out of the ground. Scourge is also a pretty interesting character in that Yes. Movie, where he's like the suck-up bad guy the whole time, and then he makes the save, he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Thor is trying to put his own team together, and they're the Revengers. They are just, the Revengers. Which is just fucking sad. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, the big tee-up after that is them escaping on the ship. They're going to make a new Asgard, because Asgard isn't a place, it's a people. And then they come face-to-face -face with Thanos's we're all going to get fucked spaceship. Yep. And that is that is the end of that. Um, there's there's another good thing. It's, I think it's in one of the post-credits, or it's at the very end, where, it's, where Loki's asking him, do you think it's a good idea to go to Earth? He says, well, yeah, of course, they love me on Earth. Let me rephrase that. Is it a good idea for you to take me to Earth? Probably not. <laughs> no, but it'll work out. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. So, the one that brought the most controversy and made me roll my eyes a whole fucking bunch also ended up being a pretty fucking amazing movie. Black Panther. Dude, Black Panther was fucking amazing. I don't care what anybody says. Black Panther's amazing. I've watched Black Panther like... 15 times since it came out on on DVD. I watched it like three times in the theater. That That's a lot. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out there. See if you okay. agree or not. Second best villain in the MCU so far. I would put it up there. Yeah. Totally you could totally side with the villain and his, um, not his methods, but his, his motivations. His motivation. Michael B. Jordan is fucking amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. Basically, he, based on his performance here, they're doing a second Creed movie. <laughs> like, that is a thing that's happening. So... He's, he's made some impact with the right people, the important people, and all that sort of thing. Um, for a Black Panther movie, 
I don't think this movie focuses as, as much as he's the one we focus on. I think the focus is mo- because we've already met his character. It's a it's about Wakanda. It's, yeah, it is definitely about Wakanda. Um, specifically the um, now you want to talk about people and protesters and advocates and all that kind of crap who say you know there's no such thing as strong females. We need more strong females in the world and in our entertainment and Roger Roger Roger. This Roger. one is full of strong female characters. Yep. I mean, if, even if you go before the Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, we're about to get Captain Marvel. Um, we talked about Lady Sif in the earlier movies. We just talked about Valkyrie. This movie alone has four that I can think of. Because there's, and I don't remember all. There's, of them. there's Suri. There's the sister. There's the sister, the girlfriend, the Michelle, the, the one general. That, the general and the mother. Yes, the mother isn't as like badass. The mother, a isn't, as okay, the mother yeah. isn't out there on the battlefield, but but she's still there and she's still a kick-ass character. Shuri is one of the best characters they've come up with in a long time. If they don't link her and Spider-Man at some point, they're missing something there. Because they've they've decided to make Spider-Man sort of like mini Iron Man. Uh, I could definitely see them doing a thing where they get they get the younger characters together and they start like sharing some tech, like the Wakandan tech. So, like may- maybe we get a vibranium iteration of Spider-Man or something like that somewhere down the line. Uh, I think if they don't do that, they're missing they're missing out on something. I think if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, you're missing out. Well, this is go fucking see it. And it's still like it is, and I, I know we said this at the beginning when we did a more full review on the movie. If you get bogged down in all the fucking political bullshit that people were spreading around the time this movie came out, you're you're missing out. It, it's it's not even really like it is about that, but I don't feel like it's preachy. Like I don't oh, feel no, like. I, I mean, I mean, other people that were outside outside of the movie preaching, getting preachy about the movie. Yes. The movie is great. The movie manages to touch on all those same issues without being preachy. Like, the movie um, touches on all those same issues without without it coming off as preachy. Yeah. I will say this movie hits all the same issues a whole lot better than Luke Cage does. Cuz Luke Cage mm-hmm. Especially if you haven't seen the second season yet, Luke Cage does get a bit preachy. Like, it is... And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to anybody. Please, everybody listening, please understand that. But I did roll my eyes a bunch watching Luke Cage the second time around. It's like, okay, it's, it's Harlem. We get it. <laughs> but, no, even, even the stuff that I would usually roll my eyes at, like, Black Panther hits it out of the park... Uh, ultimately, they go out and they do start spreading out into the world and, and interacting. And you know, the whole thing ends with who is it? It's I think it's Shuri and Black Panther out on the mm-hmm. basketball out on the basketball court interacting with the kids on the basketball court. Nice little tie up. And when he goes to the the United Nations and he's like, "Oh, what is a what is a small third world country like Wakanda have to offer us?" And he just fucking smiles. And it's like and it's like a humble, cocky. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking good, and then then we get the the Easter egg of uh, of Bucky being there and Wakandan the Wakandan kids referring to him as the White Wolf. 
I do love when they're bringing uh, oh, Agent Ross you're, you're gonna in. you're going to say it, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Yes, another broken white boy for me to fix. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of white people in Wakanda from what it looked like. <laughs> if you watch Luke Cage, there's no white people in Harlem. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not doing this. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm going to get my freaking channel flagged. Okay. Again. Uh, no, for the first time. I don't know if you've been flagged. I haven't really been flagged. I don't think people care about flags. I'm not monetized. I'm not a partner. I'm just basic. I'm doing this for free. We've been talking for a long ass time. Let's yep, let's finish up. Okay, it's time for the main event Infinity War. Whew. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so like. I've been thinking about this. I started with so much energy. Yeah, I. From the from the minute we said we were going to do an Infinity War review, I was thinking, like, where do I start? And that was a while ago, and I still don't know where to start. Infinity War, uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of uh, fears about Infinity War that it was going to get bogged down yep. with how many people were in it, and it is not that. I don't, for what they accomplished, and I'm going to talk a lot in general about what I think they've accomplished here in a second. For what they accomplished, I don't feasibly see how they could have done it any better than what they did it. Agreed. I think this, for what it achieved, for what it achieved as a movie in general, I don't think, I don't think all the achievements that this movie achieved are going to be vested for a long time. I I agree with that as well. I, um, there was a handful of characters missing that didn't hurt it because they'll be around in, in part two. Ant-Man and the Wasp aren't in it. Obviously Captain Marvel hasn't been introduced yet. Hawkeye it wasn't in it. Valkyrie uh, all the secondary characters from the Thor Ragnarok, uh, like Valkyrie, Kord, Meek, Heimdall. Uh, no, Heimdall died. Yeah, Heimdall died. Loki died. They, uh, spoilers. I think we waited long enough that if yeah. you're if you're spoiled at this point, that that's on fucking you. Yeah, it is. Um, they said the they tone they the get rid of they get quote get rid of a lot of people yeah. in this movie. I think fuck. fuck, I don't even know where to start. Um, I think they set the tone for the movie right away. It's like there's no warming up. There is no a lot of people die. There is, the, there is no in the first couple minutes of the movie. I think the the death of Loki, just because even as a villain, Loki was one of the most loved characters MCU has made. Uh, the death of Loki was, was fun. Uh, Heimdall, like, we knew how much Heimdall meant to Thor as a friend and as a, as a colleague and all that sort of thing, but we didn't feel that connected to Heimdall. The loss of Loki, right at the beginning... Is a big deal. Is a f oh my Christ. And the fact that, like, Thanos, like, he, he says to 
Iron Man later on in the movie, like that he's cursed with knowledge. So everything that's happened so far, you get the opinion that Thanos has seen it all. So after he kills Loki, the first thing he says to Thor is, you know, there's not going to be any resurrections this time. It's just like, fuck. Well, and the weird thing about, not even, uh, weird thing about uh, Infinity Wars is that if you look at it from a certain point of view, it is basically the hero's journey for Thanos. Oh, yeah. He has a back, he has a, he has a background, he has character development, he has a moment where he feels like all is lost, uh, he comes back, and he wins. He has a he is the hero in on in his mind. He is the hero of this story. Yeah, and and once again, it's the whole like, like like I said about Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. You don't uh, you may not agree with his methods, but you can't argue with his motivation. You can't argue with his logic. And I think although uh, on a side note, there is a lot of people that are like, oh Thanos, you have the like all the Infinity Stones, you can do anything. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to destroy half of the population of the universe because there's the not resources? enough... Why don't you just make more resources instead? <laughs> make more planets. You threw a sun at somebody. Um, Jesus. Uh, it's kind of weird that right after Loki dies... Thor, for the next little while, is thrown into a bit of comedy with the Guardian. Thor with the Guardians is fucking gold. Um, he's, you know, he's trying to just do what he needs to do. Star-Lord trying to lower his voice and sound all tough. Yes. It's fucking great. When he keeps on calling Rocket Rabbit. And then, Ra and then Rocket tries to be like the captain and be like, Alright, buddy. What's going on? Well, I lost my hammer. Killed my sister, lost my dad, just saw my brother die, my mom died in front of me, in front of my girlfriend, you know, just destroyed my home planet, lost half my people, and he's like, well, shit, he's like, and then he, when, he, when he finally says, I've got to go off and make this, this I've got to go f restart this dying star, and, and make this weapon, because you know what, A, you know, the world wants, the, you know, the universe wants me to stay alive, and if I don't, what have I got left to live for? And Rocket's like, well, well I, I've got some, I've got some stuff to live. <laughs> yep. Rocket is sort of a weirdly complex character. Like between like the heart to hearts that he has with Yondu in Guardians Two, and the heart to hearts that he has with Thor in this, like he's a weird like for a completely CGI modified raccoon. For a talking raccoon. <laughs> he's a surprisingly like. Not quite complex a deep, character. Complex character could be deep if they dug into it anymore. Um, it's weird. Um, we find out so along the way that Gamora knows where the Soul Stone is, and you know she begs Star Lord to kill oh, her. Oh yeah, that's right. Gamora dies too. Oh, fuck. I love when they're talking about, "Hey, you need to kill me if Thanos think," and then like they're making out, and then Drax is just there like eating chips. Watching them make it. And is super creepy about it. <laughs> I've mastered the art of being totally still. See, you can't see me. But yet he's still eating the chips. Yes, just very slowly. Fuck. Um, 
Thanos has to get the one of the stones from the Collector, and they have that weird scene where Drax turns into blocks and Mantis turns into ribbons. Yep. Of the whole movie, I could have done without that. That was a bit cheesy. And I mean cheesy, like, yeah, I know it's a comic book movie, yeah, we're throwing everything at the wall. That one moment where they did the blocks and the streamers and whatever, I know they're trying to show, like, this is what the reality stone does. I could have done without that. But I, I have I had very few complaints about... Oh, no. But I'm saying, like, if I want to absolutely nitpick, like, that's maybe my one. Um, Cap eventually comes back. Apparently he hit puberty because he's got a beard now. Um, they go to Wakanda because that's where Bucky is. Bu Bucky gets the vibranium arm. Which yes, he gets a new arm. Um, and Cap gets a gets a, a shield, yeah, he gets, sort like, of. He gets, I wasn't a huge fan of his shield. What, like the gauntlet shields? Yes, the gauntlet shields. And see, honestly... It's alright, it's alright, but... I, the, the way they are, like, both of them can be both protection and an attack, because they come to a point, right? So you figure mm -hmm. if he punches at somebody, that's like, that's a that's a stabbing weapon, as well as, you know, minor, minor things. They take vision there, basically, to protect one of the mind stones that's in his fucking head. Which, which is cool. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, they got Shuri fixing his love. And she Shuri does kind of make fucking Banner look like an idiot. Well, why didn't you just do it this way? Well, we didn't think... Oh, I'm sure you tried your best. Like, <laughs> it goes right along with, you know, the comment from the other... Like, I like the Shuri character. I like the fact that Shuri's a smartass. But it's, again, it's one of those, like, if somebody rolled their eyes at that, I could see why. But I'm still smirking. Like, it, it's fine. Um... Hulk. Hulk is an interesting story. Because Hulk gets his ass handed to him by Thanos and then basically gets thrown at the earth with the Bifrost before Heimdall dies. Crashes through the Sanctum. Basically, he has to warn Doctor Strange. Um, Doctor Strange's other wizard guy whose name I can't remember. Tony. Tony's with Pepper. Tony's having dreams about having kids with Pepper which is all kinds of fucking weird because, you know, he had the little kid at, in, in Iron Man 3, now he's mentoring Spider-Man, now he's dreaming about having kids. You know, there's a big, oh my god, look how far he's come type moment. And then, okay, not really because Strange pulls him into a, a, a warp thing. It's like, okay, well, we need your help to do this now. Um, the Children of Thanos. What do you think about the Children of Thanos? Uh, I think that, I mean, they only really, some of them only really had, like, the, the handful of scenes, and, you know, I feel like they served their, did their purpose, because, you know, Thanos had to go off and do other shit. There was basically three different, or three or four different places where the movie all took place simultaneously, and Thanos couldn't be in all those places. Uh, exactly. I, I would have liked, again, me not being the comic book guy. I would have liked a little bit of an explanation as to who they are, other than, okay, these are Thanos' other, like, either legit children or stolen children, like Nebula and Gamora were. Uh, I know that they're, like, stolen children, but I... They're like... They're like how Nebula and Gamora were. Yeah. Basically, you've got the one big one that I figured would fight Hulk because they're both big, but... Basically, Banner's got, like, superhero ED, and we don't see Hulk for the rest of the movie. Yep. Um, 
Which is weird because then they just put him in the Hulkbuster suit. <laughs> Like, like, okay. He can't. He can't be the Hulk, but we'll make him sort of the Hulk. <laughs> it's more like, okay, you can't get it up. Here's a pill. Yep. <laughs> that is the superhero equivalent of Viagra. That that is what's happening there. Um, fuck. What is there? There's Spider-Man and Iron Man and Doctor Strange going up on the ship, following. Whichever one of the children of Thanos captures, uh... Uh, he's the telepath, telekinetic guy. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man stows away. Iron Man gives him his new Iron Spider suit with, with the, with the prongs, which is badass. Yes. Uh, he gives him the suit and then tells him he should have stayed behind, which is like, no. And he's like, alright, well, you're here now. I, I dub you officially an Avenger. And then you have the, um, what is it? I'm Peter. I'm Peter Parker. I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using our superhero names. Well, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're using our made-up names. Well, I am Spider-Man, which leads to later on in the movie. Uh, I don't like him, but it's still a good moment. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> uh, so there's that. They go up, and they they eventually end up on Titan. They confront Quill and his group because they think they're each group thinks the other one is working for Thanos. And we get what I said I wanted when we reviewed Black Panther. One of the things I said I wanted for Infinity War, I wanted a scene with Star-Lord, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man either fighting each other or fighting together. And we got it on Titan. You got both. I got all three. Yeah. Yes, I did. I got all three. Um, well, they're the three most cockiest guys on the Avengers side of things. I mean, there's some other people in there, too. Mm -hmm. Um... Doctor Strange going into, like, a thousand and something futures to find out which, if any of the methods actually work. Uh, ultimately hand, handing over... I will say, when they're fighting Thanos on Titan, and, and Thanos spears Iron Man, because there's mm -hmm. been so much speculation that Iron Man was going to die, I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, if, if, if Iron Man goes out like that on Titan... And that's just the end of Iron Man. I'm like, fuck off. And then he just fills it with some foam or some shit. It's like, I have a hole in me. I need to fix it. <laughs> like, of course he does. Um, I just, I, I don't have much else to say other than Infinity Wars is great. I was, I was, I, this is the first Marvel movie that I was like, I don't know, this one may not. This might be the one that may not work. Yeah. And it totally does. Thanos going after the Soul Stone? Heart-wrenching. But you feel bad for him. Yes, you do. but And you're not supposed to, you're but you do. But you do. But you feel bad for Nebula, too. Be or Gamora. Because at that moment, you, real you realize that she realizes that he actually does care. And in a... In a in that, the fact that he actually cares rather than just like sarcastically pretending to care probably hurts her more than any bad shit that he's done to her. Yeah. And, and, and then it's just fucking, okay, cameo by Red Skull. Yeah, I felt the cameo was a little random, but I mean, they tried. everyone very, else loved it. They tried very quickly to explain it away, but I was just like, really? I, I popped for that, I'm not gonna lie. But, um... No, so he sacrifices Gamora, and then 
the anger that that causes in Quill, you're you're meant to believe costs them the opportunity to get the gauntlet off of Thanos. Yes. Then you have Thor on his separate mission to make his new war tool, where he works with the giant midget. It's a dwarf. <laughs> it's, it's a giant midget. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, makes the new, makes the new, uh, what do you call it, Stormbreaker. Yes. Because um, he had to get the molds, and they had to start the, they had to start a star from scratch, which was a nice touch. Uh, one of the coolest little touches in the movie, and there's a lot of them, was um, Groot, who doesn't give a single fuck through the whole movie, uh, sacrificing his arm to make the handle of Stormbreaker. Yep. To which I say, end of Guardians 1, what did they do after Groot quote-unquote died? Uh, they planted him. They took a branch, because that's all that they needed, and they planted it, and he grew back. Yes. So how much do you want to bet in Infinity War, at some point, they break the handle of Stormbreaker, and it gets another regular random something or other, and they either that or they just plant Stormbreaker at the end of the uh, movie. I don't think they will do I that. I think that would be... I think the symbolism behind that would be fucking amazing. I think, like, I could see, like... He, they plant the entire... Like, after the fight's over. Like, they plant Stormbreaker, like, handle down in some dirt, whatever. Groot regenerates, breaks his arm off again, therefore Stormbreaker still has a handle. I think... Because of the character... Kind of, it's a living tree. So... Yes. Re, you can play with reality a little bit. So he can grow enough to be, like, existing again, break off his arm, you've still got the handle for Stormbreaker going going forward. Um, when Thor makes his appearance towards the end in Wakanda and just basically starts fucking shit up with his new weapon, it, it, it's fantastic. But it is still not enough. When he gets the kill shot on Thanos... And Thanos' last line to him is such a dick line. He's just like, you should have gone for the head. And he just does the snap. Yep. And and then Thanos leaves, because he accomplished... And what's interesting about Thanos is that he is like... He's the hero of his own story, but he also knows that he won't ever be thanked for it. No. He's the only one strong enough to do this. He has to find some reconciliation in his own in his own recognizing of his own rightness because he knows he's not going to get it from anybody else. Exactly. He, ha he has to take the time to Is it fair to say he has to take the time to thank himself because nobody else will? Yes. Because for a minute he slips into the soul stone and clearly you see that Gamora's still kind of alive in the Soul Stone, because the personification of her is like, well, was it worth it? What'd you lose? Well, I lost everything. And conveniently, like, all the main Avengers live, and all the new incidental Avengers die. Um, watching Rocket lose Groot for the second time. Again, like, Rocket is an animatronic, mutated raccoon. Like, should not be given the feels like this. Well, and even that, he lost... He Because I don't think he knows Gamora's dead. I don't think he knows that Quill is gone, or Drax, or... Right. Like, yeah, he but, is... 
If, if, but if you look back into, into the mythos of the Guardians, at least the way they're presented in the movies, even before there was a Guardians of the Galaxy, those two were a team. That's true. So, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know about the other ones, but the one that would hit him the hardest is the one that's falling apart right in front of him. But he can't uh, plant Groot again this time, unless he uses the handle of Stormbreaker. Which I, I would love to see them do. The more I see... I don't think they're going to. I think he'll come back how a lot of them are going to come back. I think some people are going to stay dead. I think the people that definitely did that didn't die in the whole everybody turns to dust thing. The snapping. I think yeah, I think uh, I think they are they are gone. Uh, but I think that something will happen to where maybe not everybody comes back. I think Gamora comes back. I, I don't think Gamora comes back. The fact that they've hinted at her still existing in some form, and that already leads it to her not being completely dead. Um, Heimdall's not coming back. I, well, want, I, want I bet a, Loki's not coming back. You what? I don't think Loki's coming back. I, want to, I really want to believe that he's coming back, but... I think pretty much everybody... I mean, there's some you know. Like, we know there's another Black Panther coming. We know there's another Spider-Man coming. Yes. Um, so, like, some of the deaths don't have as big an impact because you oh, know... They did, but they did the first time you saw them, though. Like, in the moment, in the moments after the, the, the snapping, which I just fucking love, mm -hmm. I came home, and I'm not a person that is... This is going to shock a lot of people... I am not a person that's easily moved by fiction. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was not okay when Avengers was over. I mean, the one thing that everybody seems to sort of lean to is Spider-Man. Mr. Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. Oh my god, I almost lost it there. I, I was very lucky the first time I went to see it. IMAX 3D, front row center, opening night. I had one of those awesome crowds that's, like, in it. Yeah. Cheering and booing and yelling at the screen and, like, everything you would want a wrestling crowd to be in if you were at a wrestling show was happening mm -hmm. in that theater. And it would, But it was happening in all the right ways, and it wasn't obnoxious, and it was just fucking perfect. Um, I've never left a theater so quiet ever. Like, everybody in the theater, like, either they were there with people, or they were just looking around, mm -hmm. and there was, like, a, there was a legitimate, like, we're all in the movie for a second, what do we do now, type thing. And then, obviously, there, like, there's the post-credit for Captain, Captain Marvel, which is fine. Nick, Nick Fury drops half of a motherfucker, which is great. Maria Hill fades away, and everybody's been kind of joking about how irrelevant that is. Um, I don't know. So I, I put it out there once again. My hats off to Marvel. Even I don't want to say even if the movie sucked because the movie's fucking fantastic. Even if it wasn't as fantastic as it is, I'm gonna keep saying it. You can't touch what they've done. What this movie is. You. DC's not going to catch up. 
I'm sorry, but Star Wars takes a backseat as of now. You, like, ten years. We've been following a growing group of people for ten years, for 19 movies, for several different genres, three or four times a year, dragging our asses out to the theaters for this movie. And this is only half the story. Mm-hmm. They have such an immense amount of pressure on them to produce the second half of this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I came home, uh, for those of you that follow me on Facebook, you guys know this, and I wrote, I wrote my Facebook status, like, a couple of different times. I'm like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't ready. Two hours, 45 minutes, to sum up ten years, and rip all of our guts out. Can't wait for the next one! So, the director's cut that's coming out to Blu-ray yeah. is an additional half hour Ooh. of Thanos. Really? I saw a small clip of the Comic-Con interview, and it's just like, well, it's approximately 30 more minutes, and they're like, of, of what? <laughs> like, what else could you have done? It's just it's just Thanos. More. Oh, I, I will probably still see it. Yeah. I just... I... I, I know, when we, as soon as we started talking about this movie, like, we rambled through the rest of them, because we've all had a chance to watch them a couple of times. Yes. I started talking about this movie, saying I don't know where to start, I don't know where to end, I don't know what... Like, you, you don't feel like you've said enough about the movie. True. Like, I feel right now as tired as I felt when I left the movie theater. I agree with that. <laughs> um, hats off to Marvel. Can't wait for the next one. I will be in line. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp comes out this weekend. Or comes out this week. Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be weird, though, because apparently it was explained that the events of Ant-Man and the Wasp, timeline-wise, happened just before Infinity War. So That the, makes sense. The or yeah, but the order of release is kind of weird. And then we've got... Captain Marvel, which is completely a, an origin story, which is which is fine. Like they, they're basically giving it the Wonder Woman treatment, which I think will only do good. We're gonna see mm -hmm. a lot of Nick, we're gonna see Nick Fury with two eyes, so that's something. Uh, and the only other thing even close to Marvel that we have coming out until next year, when we get the second half of this, is Venom. But that's Sony. So, much like we are right now in this recording, uh, Marvel fans are kind of left in the dark, in the quiet. Yep. And, for better or for worse, we've just reviewed 19 movies. Oh my god, I'm so tired now. I started this review with so much energy. Yep. Anything else to say? I do not. I can't wait for the next one. I'm going to go see Ant-Man and Wasp this weekend. Are you? I think it'll be pretty fun. I'm yawning because it's 2.30 in the morning, if anybody's wondering. I don't even know when I'm... I'm going to have to cut and paste this all together, because right now this video is going to consist of four different audio files. 
That'll be fun. Have fun with that. It's on be, you. There's definitely going to be a little tag at the beginning that says, please excuse the bad editing. Yeah, my uh, my internet was being wonky. Well, and you were driving places and moving yes. while we were talking. Yep. Um, so, yeah, next time we review a movie, it'll only be one movie. Yes. Let's, uh, let's sign off. Let's sign off. Um... Tell them where to find you. Holy crap. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Black Cat Feline. You can find me on Instagram at Black Cat Feline. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to promote Monoxide's show? Like, are you uh, we're on a weird hiatus right now. We're on a weird hiatus right now. Well, you, me, and Guapo are going to be doing a preview for Extreme Rules next week. To- mm-hmm. Totally not movie related, but maybe kind of movie Yeah. Anyways, you guys know where to find me, or you wouldn't be here. I've been Spaz, she's been Christian. We have been your movie reality check? Nope. Okay, I got a better answer.